0: And welcome to this episode of the ROI podcast. Today, I sat down with Jamie Finney to talk about investing. Jamie is a venture fund capitalist, and well, I'll just let him explain what it is.
1: Uh, My name is Jamie Finney. I'm a partner at the Greater Colorado Venture Fund. So, we are a venture capital fund that is dedicated specifically to investing in rural Colorado headquartered companies. Um, So, the state kind of was they're basically an investor in us. Um, They've kind of made a commitment for a large chunk of money as well as we have about 20 other investors. They all kind of make commitments to pool into this one fund. And then we're in charge of out of that fund, allocating that money into kind of high growth, high risk startups.
0: Um, If you don't mind, I'm gonna go ahead and ask a icebreaker question, which is, uh, what's your favorite kind of ice cream?
1: I think right now I'm pretty psyched on anything with cookie dough involved.
0: After learning about Jamie and his background in investing, I asked him, how did you get uh, involved in investing?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I actually like this question a lot because it's like, I'm for sure the youngest face of like a venture capitalist that I, that I know or of a lot of my peers. Um, And I think that's just like something I really want to be able to tell a lot of people is just sort of this, like anyone can actually do this job. So um, how I started uh, I went to the university of Colorado at Boulder. And when I was there, in addition to my class load, I got really involved with kind of the startup community around Boulder. Um, There's just a ton of entrepreneurial activity and it's, sort of happening just right across the Boulder Creek from campus there. And so I found a lot of opportunities within that community to get involved and run different programs that supported companies or help students get plugged in with the kind of startup scene and all these different facets. Um, my brother, he also went to CU Boulder as did a friend named Fletcher Richmond. So the three of us kind of were all leaving these like parallel lives and we were really close through college and oftentimes like collaborating. And when we finished, we kind of realized here we are at the center of like a lot of this, just high potential energy center of the community, a lot of companies being started and a lot of really capable, impressive folks. And we liked working together. And we kind of wanted to formalize that and really commit to continuing to help the, the entrepreneurs and startups around us. And, um, and keep working together. And we thought there's probably an opportunity here. Um, we actually kind of explored all these like other sort of home baked versions of what is this opportunity, and eventually had a lot of mentors who gave us pretty good advice. That was just sort of like the thing you're contemplating here is called a venture capital fund. Um, and we kind of sort of kicked ourselves like, oh, we we do know what that is. Gotcha. We could we could do that, I guess. Um, so it it started with just being at like the right spot in the community at the right time. Um, and then what was really helpful for that was definitely like for us, we had to raise money for that fund, um, that first fund from high net worth individuals and kind of wealthy folks in that Boulder community who basically knew there were exciting companies being built kind of right under their noses. Um, sometimes they even were founders already themselves and they just wanted sort of the folks that were like young and on boots on the ground, working alongside the founders to help them get involved with those companies. So we we raised that fund from like 34 different investors and, uh, and then invested that fund into 31 different companies over about four years. Um, and I, I think back to your question, like, how did we get involved? It was sort of this thing where Historically, venture capital is, I think, often put on a pedestal and it's like these founders who it's like build Facebook and then you become a venture capitalist as your next career. And I think for us, we kind of felt like there's no reason. And oftentimes, actually, it's the inverse. It's really valuable if the kind of young people on the ground alongside kind of the the makers and the doers and the, the like nut jobs that are trying to build these awesome c- companies they're really excited to be working alongside investors who kind of look with like them, think like them. Um, so in a way I think that it's actually kind of an angle that we, we is that a lot of other folks could take advantage of and a lot of other funds and young folks have.
0: Can you tell me what investing is and kind of what that looks like?
1: Sure. I think at a high level investing is just taking any bit of fun funds, money that you can, that you can kind of afford to, you know, not, you're not paying your life costs with, but it's sort of like money on the side, your savings, whatever that might be. And putting that into opportunities where hopefully it can, can grow on its own.
0: Why is investing important or why, why should someone be interested in investing?
1: Sure. I think it really is something that if you can kind of it almost starts as maybe I think like a healthy mindset. Um, I think if you start just from scratch, right, we all kind of, we find jobs and we get jobs to be able to, to pay for our, our living expenses. And hopefully if we continue to be successful in, in the work we do, that lets us kind of grow in our, our lifestyles and, you know, pursue different things. Um, And like, in a way, money just sort of allows an individual to gain kind of freedom. Um, I think it's honestly much less about like, make sure you save enough to buy a house and have a nice car, etc, etc. But it's really all about like, money, I think allows you to then just think about things with a little bit less pressure. Um, It's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs. And and there comes a point, right? You can cover like shelter and food, and then there's needs above that, and above that, and that, and so that's like high level, of, like obviously a really rudimentary take. But I think then with investing, what is helpful and kind of adding that to your mindset with money is that it lets you, I think, sort of find a way to to not have to trade in your time for money. Um, I think in a way time is like the actual true currency that all of us are kind of bound to. Like that's, that's the real, the real thing. Um, That if you can be free to, to run with your time and do whatever you want, I think that's kind of the ultimate freedom money just happens to be a way to do that. And with investing, oftentimes, I think it's helpful to just think about it as a way where, You know, you can get a job and you get paid maybe a salary or an hourly wage. But the ask is that you're kind of devoting, you know, often like 40 hours a week, sometimes less, sometimes more to cover your costs and cover your basis. Um, And you're you're having to trade your time in that scenario. And investing is a way to really kind of bolster your income or your revenue, whatever, whatever mindset you have to not have to trade in your time so much to be able to increase your freedom. Um, So that's kind of how I think about it and really I think why I was drawn to it as like a concept that's important.
0: I asked Jamie for some investing advice and what he answered with, I think is one of the most valuable pieces of financial advice I have received yet. If you had one piece of investing advice for people my age, what would it be?
1: Oh. I would say a set up a Vanguard account or something like that and ideally set up like an auto deposit so that there's just a portion of whatever job you have at the time um, that each month or each time you get a paycheck that just goes into this account and it's like you never saw that money and these Vanguard accounts are really amazing in the fact that they're just these like passive highly diversely invested vehicles that are often beat most professional money managers and they're way more affordable but vanguard' is a really amazing company and and it's just a way for you to never have to think about things like am I like am i doing retirement right am I investing correctly for retirement like those are questions that a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about and most of them even don't really succeed or there's a lot of folks that are professional investors that don't necessarily beat what vanguard has kind of automated so i think that's just something like the younger earlier you can kind of just make it like a passive thing that you never even think about it just happens um that will that will pay off in the long run
0: Okay. Can you kind of describe what a Vanguard account is?
1: Yeah. Um, and this isn't necessarily the only one, but I think they're kind of the the brand that built this type of investing. So they basically will have these accounts that are sort of, so for me, I'm 28 years old and uh, mine actually got set up for me where I was an employee at the University of Colorado. And they have this just program that sets this up it's like an, an opt automatically you're opted in when you're a cu employee just super lucky but you don't have to like work for an employer to set this up anyone can do it online um and it just took a little bit of my paycheck and then it puts it into this account and that account say it was like 50 dollars for my of each paycheck so 600 per year but then it'll take that and that 600 goes into this like automated giant investment vehicle that Vanguard sets up that is sort of over time automating how it changes investments. Sometimes it's putting it into, you know, big public companies and sometimes it's putting it into bonds. And honestly, all these financial instruments that I don't really like have any qualification to understand or think about, or let alone know how I should put my money into Vanguard just kind of automates all that. And then they're kind of doing it with the goal in mind that, okay, in about, I think mine's like 2055 or something like that, which is crazy how far out that is. But it's saying, yeah, when you're ready to retire in 2055, we'll have taken that $50 per month and we'll have essentially invested it for you and tried to, take care of it. So hopefully that $50 a month, that is, I never even thought of that was just like a part of my, my savings that just happened for me. It has actually grown and it. Um, they often beat like professional money managers. So a lot of times people will like pay someone to then do all, make all these decisions on, should I invest in Facebook or bonds or gold or whatever? And like, these are cheaper and often outperform those people. So it's kind of just this like thing hidden in plain sight that we can all take advantage of to just know you're not blowing it with your personal finances and retirement savings and things like that.
0: That is great advice. Personally, I have been uh, thinking about like my retirement as well. Um, And I've been thinking about the stock market, but the stock market's a little unpredictable. And so I think I might check that out for me as well. Like that sounds really I, nice.
1: It's yeah, it's awesome. Like I, I think that you, once you know you have that, it kind of provides a level of comfort where you're like, okay, I know I'm at least not blowing it. And then you can start to think about maybe if you're able to save a little bit more for, for investing, you can then start to think about that and more like, ways that you think, oh, I I know something about this or I want to learn and kind of be more experimental in your approach, knowing that you just have that vanguard like happening in the background.
0: Next, I asked Jamie about what types of skills are important to be a successful entrepreneur?
1: I think just kind of an initiative. It's sort of just surprising how if you want to go a direction and not like overthinking where am I going? And like, what's the end goal as much as just sort of taking initiative. And it's always surprising how few people will tell you no. Um, so just taking initiative. And then uh, there's this blog that I love that talks, thinks about it in terms of uh, calls it grand theft life. And it's kind of like our world is not that different from grand theft auto, where it's like, you can just do whatever you want. And you want to like in grand theft auto it's like you want to drive your car into the building that's fine if you want to jump it over a bridge you can you can do all sorts of definitely illegal illicit stuff but in grand theft life it's basically like don't break laws and just generally be a good person and those are honestly pretty easy guidelines to follow and then everything else is fair game (laughs) like everything else and so that's where i think initiative Like the people who dominate at Grand Theft Life are just the ones that kind of take initiative and see what happens.
0: I wondered how Jamie looked at and evaluated opportunities. So I asked, describe to me how you would evaluate an investing opportunity or just kind of your thought process with that.
1: Yeah. Um, So this is a good question. I think of opportunity cost.
0: Let me just hop in here real quick and explain what opportunity cost is. Opportunity cost is the cost of taking an opportunity. For example, imagine your parents are asking you to go on a family trip with them. They are leaving on Saturday and coming back on Monday. The issue is in order to go on the trip with them, you'd have to take off work on Monday. The opportunity cost of taking a day off work to go on the family trip would be the money you wouldn't be making by agreeing to go on the trip, but you may also increase your relationship with your family. Most of the time there are pros and cons when evaluating opportunity cost.
1: This is a good question. I think of opportunity cost largely for me around less so of like, is this, is each dollar in the right place? Like, do I have the right, my personally investing and I want to say put a dollar into that Vanguard account or no? Should that dollar actually go into? speculating on Bitcoin or whatever, Robinhood, hood, whatever, whatever it might be. Like I think of it less so in that sense, um, just because that it's almost like you're too in the weeds at that point. Like I don't actually like, hopefully the Vanguard helps me just like, forget what happens and that is I'm not blowing it. And then the rest is more of like learning. So for me, I think of opportunity cost as in terms of more time. Um, as in personal investing. And that's, that's why I'm definitely over harping on the, the Vanguard thing is that you can kind of spend no time to know you're not blowing it. And then that lets you take that bit of brain space and maybe call it hour a month that you would spend on thinking about your kind of personal finances and investing and really put that towards, towards kind of places to that you want to learn or, be it things you want to learn or um, for me, like I have invested a little bit in crypto where it's like, I got the chance to actually really understand what's going on with different things and what's interesting to me in tech trends or in crypto and financial markets, things like that. Um, And it's not so much I'm thinking about that to make sure I put like the right dollar here or here as in more of like, this is an interesting arena. And I just want to learn more and doing so with your own money is a really powerful way to make sure you truly learn something. Um, I think it's really easy, especially like all the apps are designed to not incentivize you to learn. Like you can sort of tap away on your phone and Coinbase or, or Robinhood and squander a lot of money really quickly thinking you've learned, but like to truly think about it in terms of time, now you're like, okay, I just spent three hours reading about different crypt, like cryptocurrencies and how they work and why one certain ones are good for this and that, and then at the end of that, you know, three-hour rabbit hole of clicking away and trying to understand what's going on there, you're like, all right, what do I? What are my takeaways? Do I believe in this? Should I think? Of, should I put? Should I try to invest in some cryptocurrency? Should I try to? you know, do whatever else with your money. Um, so that's kind of a, it's a, maybe a strange answer, but that's one way I think of opportunity cost is just like mostly about learning and then and trying to keep it like really high level around what you're interested in. Because if you, if you really dedicate to learning something, like you're just going to know more than like 80% of, of folks just by really applying yourself. Um, and then you don't, have to necessarily stress out about the like more minute pieces of personal finance
0: finally i asked jamie about the three most important factors in assessing opportunities
1: um interesting question i think especially in the like personal finance front um i would think about it in terms of Do, do I believe that this is a a wave or a trend that is like a decade plus kind of thing? Um, so what I mean by that is, say you're investing in Ethereum. Do I believe in this? Not so much like, okay, it's at three grand today, and I think it'll get to five grand. Um, and then that'll be great, right? I've, I've made a good chunk of money put a hundred bucks in and now it's worth like 160 but more on a decade-long scale and so that sort of hundred bucks it might at times fluctuate and be worth like 400 and you that's exciting and makes you feel giddy and then being cryptocurrency it plummets and then you think you're so dumb and why did i do this and i squandered that and really but you you back out as big of a scale as you possibly can. And it's like, do I believe that this is a helpful thing for the future? This is a helpful tool for the future of our economy and finance and contracts and things like that. And then all of a sudden, all those little ups and downs that you see on kind of the tickers, those are way, those are tiny little blips on this like decade long March, Towards increasing value, um, so I think like to sum that up as far as one of your points is just like think as long long term as possible, um, and it just frees you up from a ton of the little details in the middle. So that's kind of that like time opportunity cost. Um, so that's one. It's just as long term as possible. Um, I think two is I just. Take time to actually understand. Um, you know, it's totally okay, and and a lot of people do grow their wealth through investing on on their own, and be it Robinhood or whatever. And it's totally I think it's a great thing that people are able to do that, but like, sort of take it seriously, treat it not as a, a game and a lottery ticket, and much more as a chance to learn because if you do really try to learn you will actually it's not hard to to sort of understand more than the the market and that's all you got to do is like that's all investing is a lot of times it's just this chance to like learn more than the average person and then sort of place a bet based on that insight that you've earned um and if you pick the things that you're interested in then like that's that's no problem. You're, you're psyched on learning in that case. And it just so happens you have to, a way to monetize that learning. So that's kind of one and two. Um, and then the third thing, this is a really interesting question. <laughs> um, I think the third thing is like trust sort of like only think about investing. If, is it like, do I actually want to support this? Do I actually, want to engage in this. Um, And that I think comes down to like, if you you feel strongly about not supporting certain types of companies, even if it looks super profitable, maybe seems like a good investment. Like there's so much out there. There's no shortage of ways for humans to try to make money. So you might as well just confine yourself and save yourself the mental bandwidth to only ever engage in the things that you actually like morally support. Um, Or, and it doesn't have to be just like morally support it's, but like if you're against, you know, gun ownership and don't want to support gun companies, even if it seems like, you know, something that one of them's going to make a lot of money, whatever, just, you know, save yourself the mental bandwidth and spend time on the things you, you care about and are proud to support.
0: I then asked Jamie which of the three things he had just described he thought was the most important.
1: Uh, societally, I feel like the third is most important. Um, just I think that's maybe a, a hopefully a better, improved world that we can kind of be building. Personally, I think... Um, I think the learning piece, really, if, if you can just be excited to learn something. The fact that you have a way to monetize it is great. And that really applies way outside investing. Um, It's kind of like all about, be it investing or career, it's all about just finding whatever's interesting and let it be as weird of a niche as you want it to be. Like if you're interested, that's great. And just like run and run and run and pretty quickly you'll find out that you've ran maybe further than anyone else has in that direction or or no one's gone in that direction. And, um, and then you're kind of the best at that funny little intellectual corner that you just made for yourself.
0: All right. And that's the end of this episode of the ROI pod. I hope you were able to learn something and I hope that your return on investment is worth your time. Don't forget to tune into the next episode.